0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Welcome to Jesus 911. Jesse Romero, no, it's
0: Terry Barber filling in
1: for my brother in a two man car with Paul Clay. Paul, I'm excited because you're going to join me a little later on the Terry and Jesse show also. But, Paul, you've got some really, really good articles today on spiritual warfare. I also have a story about a new abandoned baby uh, that was left in a cardboard box in Alaska, and it survived. An amazing story. But it's all tied into spiritual warfare. Also, Paul, I've got St. Andre Bissette. He's the saint that we just celebrated his feast on the 6th of January. Are you ready for this? They're said that there's been 10,000 miracles that took place in his life. And you wonder why in 1930 there were over a million people at his funeral. Well, we're going to talk (laughs) about one of the spiritual warfare miracles that will knock you off your horse. But, Paul, let's go ahead and get started, brother.
2: Yeah, Terry, listen. One of the the articles that we have for spiritual warfare, actually a a buddy of mine sent it to me. Yes. Uh, Retired sergeant, and uh, I just figured I had to get it in. But it's talking about the dis- disgraced FBI number two. Yeah. everybody remembers him, Andrew McCabe. Oh, yeah, he, he calls for the feds to treat mainstream conservatives like domestic terrorists.
1: Okay, could you repeat that? That, that? that sounds hard to believe that that could happen, but <laughs> repeat that. That's <laughs> deb-
2: Unbelievable. That's our FBI for you, but. He he's calling for the feds to treat mainstream conservatives, oh, conservatives like domestic terrorists. OK, wow, wow, wow. let's. You want me to jump in? I didn't that? want let's, you to
1: jump in because okay. now I got the article right in front of me.
2: Yeah. Have you ever wondered what disgraced former deputy uh, FBI directors do after uh, after trying to stage a coup and lying <laughs> under oath?
1: <laughs> no, I <laughs> never have.
2: Yeah. Apparently, they give talks about protecting democracy at top-rated institutions of higher learning. Mm -hmm. Indeed, this last Thursday, the University of Chicago invited former Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe to join a panel of partisans to discuss the January 6th insurrection. Uh, Terry, I'm tired of them calling that insurrection. Yeah, McCabe was fired as the deputy FBI director for leaking sensitive information about an investigation into the Clinton Foundation and then lying about it under oath. He also took part in the spying on the Donald Trump campaign through a secret warrant granted by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act Court. So everybody knows the history of him, but Uh, Let's just jump down to one of the points. Conservatives are in the same category as Islamic terrorists. McCabe likened conservatives to members of the Islamic Caliphate. (laughs) I, yeah, I can tell you from my perspective of sending a lot of time, of spending a lot of time focused. Uh, Hold on one second, Terry.
1: Take your time. And you know what, while Paul is communicating this, I also just want to make one little point about they call it an insurrectionist on the 6th of January. How many people know this fact that it was Nancy Pelosi as the um, Speaker of the House that's responsible to make sure the security was done properly? And when President Trump suggested he had 10,000 troops to guard the area and she refused that, uh, you know what, Paul? I just want the facts to be heard. I'm not want to read into that. All I'm going to say is she was responsible for having very few security people out. If she was so concerned, or maybe she was open to this insurrection she called happening, so she wouldn't put in those 10,000 troops out. Okay, continue, Paul. I just that. <laughs> was,
2: was that the same Nancy Pelosi that invited everybody down to Chinatown at the beginning of the— You got it. Uh, <laughs> COVID. Okay. Right here in LA. So, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same one. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so he puts them in the category uh, of the Islamic caliphate in Syria yeah. and how Islamic extremists were radicalized across uh, socioeconomic, educational and radical lines, liking it to the mass radicalization of the political right across demographics. Mm-hmm. This right, according to McCabe, a grandma who shares a Federalist article on facebook and your uncle with a let's go brandon coffee mug are in the same category as a jihadist who killed 49 people at an orlando nightclub
1: unbelievable
2: yeah yeah terry listen um this stuff you you can't you know you can't make it up um
1: you you know you know let me interrupt interject interject here you know who's really happy when he's when this kind of stuff goes out Satan. who's that Satan. oh He's he's yes. delighted to see this confusion, this, and I'll say, uh, I'll use the word unity. Yeah, corrupt yeah. unity. In other words, putting out the lie so people can yeah. believe it. He's a, he's delighted to see this.
2: Oh, yeah, because you got to know that, see, conservatives uh, uh, essentially uh, are representing the uh, Judeo Christian yep. worldview. Yep. And so it's open season as far as Satan and all of those mindless people. By the way, Jesus said, "If you're not for me, you're against me." Okay. So uh, uh, you know, there's no neutral here. So these people are, you know, uh, being used to target conservatives. Number two, Terry, parents at at school board meetings. Uh, pose a threat to national security that's the uh, yeah that's that that's another one of his it's, points that he makes and number three how about this one mccabe wants more surveillance of mainstream conservatives
1: Unbelievable. We're,
2: we're spying on our own people now yep and yeah and on the fourth one uh he believes no one is above the law course, by the way except himself you got it, <laughs> it, it you know it, you know it, terry it, it's funny how um did you know his record was expunged no. by the by the Joe Biden Justice Department? And
1: what, what was the purpose of that?
2: Well, obviously, when uh, you know he was guilty of these crimes and was uh, fired from the FBI. Yes. Um, Uh, He basically uh, talked a deal with the, you know, with uh, Joe Biden and uh, this new Justice Department so that now he's you know, he has no criminal record. He's you know, the door is open for him to, you know, continue to spread his uh, misinformation all across the country. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It's it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad that uh, we're in that situation. And,
1: And Paul, here's the thing, the need for prayer all these Amen. all these issues, yes, I understand we have to vote at the ballot booth, but we need to get on our knees and pray because when I, uh, matter of fact, Paul, I'll throw, I'll throw this in now. I won't even use it as a teaser. You don't have to wait for this story because we're talking about spiritual warfare. Without prayer, we always lose. With, with prayer, we always win. So Amen. here's the uh, newborn baby that was abandoned in a, in a cardboard box in Alaska, survived single-digit temperatures humanly speaking this little baby on new year's eve should have died but the baby was found by the fairbanks resident roxy lane who posted a video on her social media note the baby was swaddled in blankets and coo- and cooing softly isn't that beautiful i got beautiful lane wrote in a post that she found the infant in a cardboard box near a roll of mailboxes by her home according to state troopers who took the baby to the local hospital. The child was in good health. Thanks be to God. Here's the note the mother left. I was born December 31st, 12 weeks. uh, I'm 12 weeks premature. My mom was 28 weeks when she had me. My parents and grandparents don't have food or money to raise me. They never wanted to do this. The note read, my mom is so sad to do this. The note continued, please take me and find me a loving family. My parents are begging whoever finds me. My name is Tashan. Uh, Later, the woman who found her wrote that that probably these parents were very, very young, but in Alaska, there's a safe haven law that says you know you can surrender ne- your newborn baby at any hospital, church or police or fire station without being prosecuted Here's the point: all of us are praying for the end of abortion, many of our spirit how, how do you explain this baby surviving without the prayers of the faithful praying for the end of abortion? And for moms who've, who would give their babies up for adoption. I believe, Paul, what this is, is the fruit of people's prayers all over the world. And that's why I want to encourage all of us to continue to pray for the unborn because this is a miracle that took place. And without God's intervention, this baby would have been dead. Now, Paul, here's the question I ask. What will become of this child?
2: Only God knows, See, Gary.
1: and all the children that will come from that You know, from her and from uh, all the good things that she's going to do, the point I'm saying is this is God intervention. We're asking for God to intervene in our country right now and in our world through our prayers and our sacrifices. And that's why I encourage everybody in spiritual warfare, you know, to pray the spiritual warfare prayers for your family every day like I do, and I know Paul does too, uh, Mm -hmm. because we need, without the prayer, All this is nothing. It's just a bunch of politics when you talk about what this guy did, that guy did. I get that. But the point on spiritual warfare is we've got to get down on our knees and we've got to beg God for the conversion of America. And let's be honest, our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell. Why? Because there's no one there to pray and make sacrifices. So I, you know, I'm not on Jesus 911 too often, but I'm going to make this repair. Will you join me in making res- reparation for the sins of the world and pray for the conversion of sinners through maybe little sacrifices today? Please say yes. All right, Paul, I had to get that beautiful story in because God is working powerfully today.
2: Yes, he is, Terry. You know, um, you just reminded me of a few things. Tell me. Um, um, you know, often we, you know, we report the news and a lot of people say, well, why? you know why. It's the same old thing. You're telling us over and over again what's going on in right. this world. And you're right, Terry. This is all about spiritual warfare. It and it's. The spiritual warfare is one component of it, you know, a very important component. But we'll get back to this right after the break.
1: You won't want to miss this next segment because there's some material here that relates to us as individual Catholics that need to be praying and making reparation and expiation for the sins of the world and for our own sins. Stay with us, family. You're listening to Jesus 911 on Virgin, most powerful radio.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Welcome back to Jesus 911. At the break, I went back over to the church. We have a funeral going on. Talk about spiritual warfare. I have 240 funerals last year, and we're probably going to beat that this year. So uh, you talk about uh, coming to know a reckoning with God. At your time of your death, boy, do we pray every day when we have these funerals, we pray for those souls. It's such a great ministry. And I want to thank the people who support Virgin Most Powerful. That chapel that's sitting behind me right now, there's yep. a, a funeral going on for a soul that um, has got its exit interview
2: so yeah, terry, uh, that's a wonderful work that you're involved in over there and uh nothing could be more important than those things terry um back to what i was yes, saying uh, before the commercial came on yeah sure. terry we, we often say here uh on this uh channel that uh christianity is not a spectator sport that's right yeah, right it I requires it. yeah it requires your participation sure uh, you don't get a ticket to a sh- a show and what, uh, you know, just to watch the game. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's not what we do here in, in Catholic Christianity. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, there, there's different, uh, versions of, uh, the so-called gospel that are preached out there that say that, Oh, Jesus did it all. Thank you, Jesus, you know, and, uh, and we're just cheerleaders and thanking the Lord for everything that He has done. Now, don't get me wrong; not taking anything away from the Lord, but uh, they're leaving out one critical part, and that's and that's your participation. Amen. So, look. So, so, Colossians one twenty four, as we know, says, "I rejoice in my suffering for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of His body." which is the church. That's what Paul wrote to the Colossians. Now, why was Christ afflicted for you and for me as members of the church, Terry? Paul's a member of the mystical body of Christ, the church. Jesus suffered and died once for all, but as members of his mystical body, uh, he has invited us to participate. If any man wishes to come after me, he said he must deny himself. That's self-mortification, right? Pick up his cross, Terry, the instrument of death, uh, and follow me. Uh, A sacred scripture also says those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's an inescapable reality, Terry. Listen, the way of the cross is not easy. And this this is what we have to remember that, listen, God is calling us to do what is easy really impossible to do. And the only way it becomes possible is through his supernatural grace that he provides us through his church.
1: Paul, all I can say is a big amen to that, but I'm going to add something from St. John Paul too. And you remember, he died of uh, uh, Lou Gehrig's, you know, Parkinson's disease, so he suffered greatly. This is a powerful statement. He said, and it's taken right from supporting uh, Colossians chapter 1, it is suffering more than anything else which clears the way for the grace which transforms human souls. I'll repeat that. It is uh-huh. suffering more than anything else which yes. clears the way for grace which transforms human souls. Is that powerful? But now you know why Bishop Sheen says, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. Yes, and here's yes. the big problem. I'll just point it out right now from Joe Sixpack in the pew. That's me. Here's my point. <laughs> One of the biggest problems in the church right now is that we want a gospel without suffering. We want uh, heaven without the cross, and we want universal salvation for most of us. And we yep. don't realize that that's not Christianity. That no. has nothing to do with Christianity. What happens no. to do with Christianity is that when we imitate Christ, as St. Paul says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ, yes. that is part of the Christian faith. Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We have to take both.
2: You know, Terry, I love preaching that centers on Christ. <laughs> me too, uh, Christocentric yep. preaching. Yep. Uh that's you know, Jesus said in John 5:39, "You search the scriptures uh uh in thinking that in them you will find eternal life and it is them that testify of me." He also said the volume of the books is written of me. He, uh, That's uh, in Hebrews 10, 7, right? Yeah, yeah. The, you, know, you know, listen, Terry, um, Christ is found in the scriptures, all through the scriptures. Uh, you find the suffering servant, but you also find the risen Lord and the conquering Lord, uh, where he ultimately, Terry, vanquishes death itself. And that's what we have to look forward to. And that's what we should all smile on. Uh, Yeah, Christ is our conquering hero. And uh, I, I, you know, it would, I would be remiss, Terry, not to remind everybody here, you know, when it seems like the world and the the weight of the world is so heavy, Mm -hmm. just remember, just remember, Christ is there with us. (laughs) And Christ, in the end, he makes promises to us, promises that he says, whoever hopes in me will not be disappointed. That gets me excited, Terry.
1: Uh, You and me both sign me up, man. Paul, (laughs) you've got other articles that you want, and and I wanted to bring up another. Well, you know what, Paul, if you don't mind, I'd like to bring up St. Andre Bassett, because we're talking about spiritual warfare. Yes. For those who don't know who he is, he died in 1930. He was a Holy Cross brother. And the interesting thing about him, he was up in Montreal. He built the largest Catholic church in North America called St. Joseph's Oratory. I've been there many, many times. I took my wife on our honeymoon to St. Joseph's Oratory. Now, this is a man who really was just a porter. They call him a porter. They didn't think he was smart enough to be a priest. So his job was to greet people when they came knocking on the door at the monastery. <laughs> you know, you know. So he was a holy man. And are you ready for this? Uh, he had great devotion to St. Joseph. That's how they built the St. Joseph's Oratory. He had mm. this uh, oil that that was he used to work with people as a sacramental uh, to healing people. And there were over 10,000. Are you ready for this? Medically, and I might add, verified miracles. Yeah, not one, not two to get canonized. 10,000!
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: and he died in 1930. Over a million people were at his funeral. But here's the story that I just wanted to share that I thought was a, a, another heartwarming story. There was a man who was a husband and father, and his leg was horribly injured when he was working with a piece of farming equipment. I remember reading this in his book. Mm-hmm. He was simple, trusting soul. That's what we need more, trusting soul, simple. Yep. Who went on crutches to visit Brother Andre at the school where Andre met thousands of sick people every week. And he asked Andre to intercede that he might be granted a miracle. The farmer asked meekly, meekly teachable, you know, and did not demand a miracle. And most importantly, he had such faith that God's power could be worked through the intercession of Brother Andre and St. Joseph that he was ready to do anything. That's what we need to do, anything for God. Brother Andre stared at the man, and after he had assessed the tiller of the soil, Acutely, he said, go. Sounds like our Lord, you know. Go, (laughs) take your crutches into the church. Leave them there. Tomorrow, you will be working again. So what did the guy do? Exactly that. What he was told. He parked the crutches in the church as symbols of the miraculous. miraculous, Mm. But he left the monastery, the Holy Cross, the same way as he had come as a man with a dire limp who was in agonizing pain. It's not finished yet, folks. The next day, he hauled himself before the plow, set himself behind the horses and the wooded oars, and he went on working even though he was no better than when he had hobbled on his crutches he had left behind in the church. Those who saw him, including his wife and children, and the men who had come to help him do his farm work, mocked him with their Mm. incessant laughter at the sight of him trying to plant crops when he was following the animals like a drunk his legs so inflamed and painfully bloated that he had a hard time carrying himself. The noise of their noise did not distract him. He continued to push and plow. See, don't get distracted by people saying, Oh, you're a follower of Jesus? Ah, that's just a bunch of baloney. Okay, so he continued to push through, even though the limp made him stagger. He knew the truth of Brother Andre's promise that he would be completely healed, and he trusted that it was not to be instant. To occur at the time Andre had promised, and that his blind and painful faith, he was to do so, as he was told. Check this out, Paul, everybody. The next morning, this gentleman, right? Farmer astonished all those around him. He awoke, and his legs were totally healed. Praise God. Mm. The he lip did. had disappeared as he had the inflammation and horrid pain. The farmer had taken Brother Andre at his word, even though he had made a spectacular, spectacle of himself. Dancing in disbelief way before his horses. Can you picture this man dancing in front of his horses and his family because his faith had cured would come to him he waited in such a time? The miracle did occur. Now, I'm gonna go on and on about this, but his this this was just one of ten thousand miracles. See, I think what's happened, Paul, is mm-hmm. we lost the supernatural aspect of faith. I think this that many of us don't really believe. God can actually do the supernatural. Yeah, they think, no, that's not going to happen. No, we can move mountains with faith. And I won't go on on this article, but the bottom line is, uh, Brother Andre was an example of a man who deeply loved Jesus Christ, who loved St. Joseph, our Blessed Mother, and who lived in union with God. Now, that's the model. He's a saint. We need to follow his trust with with God because I think that's one of the reasons we're not moving very far is because we've lost our faith and that's why I say every day you ask Jesus Christ for more faith if you don't do that you're you're losing spiritual warfare games uh, wars every day ask Jesus Christ for more faith
2: Amen Terry you know you said that uh you know we've lost uh our belief in the supernatural yeah. well guess guess what God uh, you know is supernatural Yeah <laughs> Therefore, uh, you know, uh, if you you know, if you lose faith in those things, yes. then you have no hope. That's right, Terry. There is no hope. There is only the here and now. There is only the frustrations of today. Yep. And you know, and the fears of tomorrow. Yep. And uh, uh, I just want to encourage everybody to remember that. Listen, the key. The key to everything we're saying yes. is to stay close to Christ. Man. Uh, you know, uh, one thing our Protestant brothers get right, Terry, yes. is they, they love to read the word of God. Hey, and man. I, just, Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I encourage you, if you're out there today, you know, to remember to take the time to get up early, to read the sacred scriptures and ask God uh, you know, be kind of like Isaiah. Here, you know, uh, send me, Lord. I'm I'm here. Uh, you know, wake up, waiting to hear from God because uh, this. Uh, and we're admonished, by the way, over and over and over again in scriptures. And later on, Terry, I'd like to get into a little bit of uh, Second Second Peter and hear from our we'll do first. It when we come back from the break. Yeah, yeah. yeah hear from our first pope because uh, he sure had a lot to say, a lot of important things to say, and nothing could be more relevant for today than what he had to say in Second Peter.
1: Amen. You know, Paul, just give people some quick notes before we break. I read the catechism, I read the Bible, and I read the life of Christ every morning as part of my uh, spiritual uh, formation. And why do I do that? Because I want to know Jesus more
2: intimately. How do you do yeah. that? Through prayer. You- and, hey, Terry, and you go to Mass every yeah, day. Yeah,
1: I do. And every day for Mass. And yeah, adoration. Okay, when we come back, Paul said he wants to check about 1 Peter. Hey, I love second, Paul. 2 Peter. 2 Peter. I love when Paul talks about the Bible. We'll be right back. Stay with me.
0: now back to Jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888-526-2151
1: wow paul i see you're 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 talking to talk about second peter uh this is uh i like this exegesis let's go
2: put your seatbelt yeah. on everybody yeah i'm going to start out terry uh, in verse 3 okay and uh <clears throat> His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. Yes. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus, he has given us through these things, his precious and very great promises so that through them, you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust And may become participants of the divine nature. Wow. For this reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours, and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Terry, this right there, let's just stop right awesome, there. Awesome, man. Yeah, ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Terry, yeah. you can you can have knowledge of the Lord. Right. You, you can, and be ineffective. Uh, you remember the parable of the 10 virgins, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and you know that the, five of them had oil in their lamp, and the other five ran out. Right. And, and the five that ran out uh, went out to go get some, and by the time they returned, they were locked out, Terry. Yep. They were locked out, you see. Uh, we need to understand uh, the Bible clearly tells us, Terry, to keep our eye on the prize, to run the race as to win. You know, uh, Peter's encouraging uh, us In this, actually, the Holy Spirit uh, is encouraging us through Peter, uh, because he's the principal author of this, to to remember our calling and to remember, Terry, how important uh, it is to uh, have these virtues in our life to apply the word. You know, I always say, you know, the beginning of wisdom, Sacred Scripture says, is, you know, I mean, wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. Terry, so you can have knowledge, you can have all this knowledge. And if you don't practically apply it, it amounts to nothing. And so God, yeah, so what God wants us to do, Terry, clearly is to take this knowledge that we have, and he wants us to apply it. Uh, Like you said, it doesn't have to be great knowledge, simple. Keep it simple. You know, uh, if you study the life of a lot of the saints, they were simple people, but they they had one thing in common. They had a deep love for the Lord and a trust for the Lord. And if we do these things and if we remain close to the Lord, Terry, uh, the promise here in Second Peter is that uh, that God is going to, uh, it says, for in this way, uh, entry into e- the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ will be richly provided you well
1: paul that's exactly it? right P- uh, paragraph um i should say section nine on it uh yeah. verse nine for anyone yeah. who lacks these, these things. things yes is short-sighted and so i'm doing it quietly and slippery. yeah totally. why because short-sighted and yeah. blind yes and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins Therefore, Amen. brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For yes. if you do this, you will never stumble. Sign me up! Yes, or For in this yes. way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Boy, is that consoling words? Come on, yes, Paul, does that is. just fire you up in no end? I mean, wow. Yeah
2: yeah and you know and terry sometimes we have to be reminded of these things because the this is yeah this is the bread and butter this yeah. is what it's Meat all about taste, i call it uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah as as gk chesterson says we're only in this world to get out of this world right love that line. and so and so peter here in a fatherly way in a very you know he's he's encouraging us to you know to to do these things so that we can make sure our calling yeah. um <clears throat> Therefore, I intend to keep on reminding you of these things, uh, though you know them already and are established in the truth that has come to you. I think it is right, as long as I am in the body, to refresh your memory, Mm. since I know that my death will come soon, as indeed our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. You see here's a man who knew that his death was imminent. He knew that his death was going to be coming soon, Terry. And what, and what does he want to do? He wants, before he leaves this earth, he wants to remind us, listen, the goal is Christ. The goal is, you know, both in this life and in the next life, you know, uh, and I just, you know, I would be remiss not to remind our listeners that, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we can slow down. We can, you know, kind of uh, disconnect from the hustle and bustle of this world and find that quiet spot. Find that place where you say, Here am I, Lord. Your servant is listening. And remember to be, uh, like you said earlier, Terry, it's about imitation of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, our, you know, th- this is our goal as disciples to imitate Christ. This is what Christ said when he when he said, "Look, if you if any man wishes to come after me, Terry, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me." Yeah. Paul, that's not. A,
1: this is powerful right? stuff, brother, and I, I you can't beat reading from the Word of God on spiritual no. warfare. Okay, no, and no. what you talk about. Uh, the eyewitnesses of Christ's glory. Yes, uh, yes. This is um, uh, powerful stuff for anyone. But I I think, I know the Bible's always good for any time, any, there's no expiration date on it. But this verse right here seems to fit us because of our pride in our culture right now that we think okay. we're centered on man. We're worshiping man rather than God. Here's what it says. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths. Myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we have been eyewitnesses of his majesty. Mm. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. Paul, Mm. this is the verse I think of when I meditate on heaven. And I'll tell you what, it's when I'm hoping that our Lord is going to say, Paul, Clay, hey, (laughs) you have been a good son I'm well pleased with. Come on down and come up to heaven. So here's my point. This verse is worth really meditating on often because it really lays it out that we're not going to follow the worldly way we're going to i mean i have that song i sing all the time bishop sheen told it there's a song they sing in hell i did it my way (laughs) and there's (laughs) a song that they sing in heaven i did it his way and that's what the bible is asking us to do do it god's way
2: Yeah, listen, he says, so we have the prophetic message uh, more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Great analysis. uh, Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came from by human will, but by men and women moved by the Holy Spirit, uh, spoke from God. Amen. Yeah. That's, that's why we listen. That's why we have a church, Terry. And that's exactly. why we have a, a magisterium in the church, it, you know, yeah. uh, uh and, and we have, uh, and we have tradition and those right. things. We, we're not left out there in the dark. We don't have to figure it out on our own. Christianity has been, uh, uh, uh the same from its inception. All we've done all doctrine does over the years is develops Amen, no, nothing new. And Paul, yep.
1: this this scripture verse connects with the Acts of the Apostles with the eunuch on the carriage when he asked to be baptized and yep. when it was asked about. Well, I can't read Bible. I don't. I don't. No, no, no. It's not. It, the church is there for your interpretation. The church is so the Bible makes it very clear that scripture's not done on personal interpretation. And I'll give you an example of why it's not done. Look at forty five thousand denominations who all read the Ooh. same Bible, and they yep. all have different versions of what it means. You can't have it that way. No, hey, Paul, be- before we break, I know we're going to continue on Second Peter. Uh, we're talking about false prophets when we get back, but I want to remind everybody, if you haven't got a ticket for the Spiritual Warfare Conference with Father Chad Ripperger, which has been sold out for eight weeks, mm. you can still watch it on streaming, okay? What you can do is go to See, uh, Go to vmpr.org and just sign up to watch the video, watch all the talks. And not only watch, you get to keep all of the talks forever. And you can pass them on to your friends or whatever. But Because this is an important conference. And if you want to sign up for that and you don't want to do it on the computer, I even make it easy. You can call 877-526-2151. To get that registration going, even though you can't physically be there you you won't miss a word because you'll be seeing it on your computer the following Monday, and then, like I said, you'll have it forever and This is important stuff this spiritual warfare, as you know, you're listening to Jesus nine one one Father Chad Ripperker, and his crew don't go out all the time to do these things. This is a mm-hmm. very unique position what we're in, bringing him to uh California. And I don't care wherever you are in the world, you're going to be able to witness this event the 29th and 30th of January. Don't miss it. Go ahead to VMPR.org or you can call us at 877-526-2151. When we come back, we're taking spiritual warfare right from the Bible. Paul's asking us to get through 2 Peter and uh chapter 2, and we're going to be talking about false prophets you know any out there today gee i yeah yeah, you think so i just want to encourage you to tell your friends to join into jesus 911 this is going to be a podcast you can go to vmpr.org send these podcasts all over the world that's how the word gets out because of you and urgent most powerful radio i just celebrated this week our fourth here on the air, and I want to thank all of you who have been so supportive of us here at Virgin Powerful Radio. Stay with us. Chapter 2, talking about false prophets. Be right back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888- 526
1: two, one, five, one. Wow, Paul. Now I really am getting excited because it's 2 Peter chapter 2. I remember reading this, not too this is really uh getting me excited. The word of God. Let's continue with that chapter.
2: Yeah, start us out, Terry. Go ahead. All and start right, us brother. Out.
1: But but false prophets also arise among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Like this today. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their licentiousness, and because of them, the way of truth will be
2: reviled. Oh my. Wow. Uh, Paul, that's a powerful statement. (laughs) Terry, uh, uh, translation, don't be scandalized. By these people, uh, they're exposed. The word of God exposes them, and God told us right here. Uh, the Holy Spirit told us through Second Peter chapter two that uh, these things are going to happen. Paul, so you don't have, go ahead, Terry.
1: If I could just jump in, yes, highest the twelfth. I think of this scripture verse, and it comes to my mind. He said this 70 years ago. Okay. Okay. He right. said, I'm worried by the Blessed Virgin Mary's messages to Lucy of Fatima. This persistence of Mary about the dangers which menace the church is a divine warning against the suicide of altering the faith. Remember what we just said? False prophets. Yes. In her liturgy, in her theology, and her soul, here wow. all around me, innovators, now this is powerful, innovators yes. who wish to dismantle the sacred chapel Destroy the universal flame of the true faith of the church, reject her ornaments, and make her feel remorse for her her historical past. Now, I only bring this up to you, Paul, because he also said this, and this is tied right into Second Peter. He said this: the church. This is Pope Pius the twelfth eleventh. I didn't say it. I agree with him. He said this in nineteen fifty one. The church's worst persecutors have been her own unfaithful bishops priests and religious opposition from the outside is terrible it gives us many martyrs but the church's worst enemy is her own traitors now Paul I'm tying this into 2nd Peter chapter 2 about false prophets
2: yeah and Terry listen tell me listen to his uh, the words of uh, Pius he said he said uh, it's suicide yes to do these things are suicide. That's the opposite of life. If the church, you know, was established, uh, if Christ established the sacraments, and uh, you know, and and established a church in order to bring life, He said, "I came that they might have life." Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to 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 act, you know, um, opposite of this is to is is uh, basically akin to suicide. And I I couldn't agree with uh, with the Pope more on that one. Uh, okay. <clears throat> And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: From of old, their condemnation has not been idle, yeah. mm-hmm. and their destruction has not been asleep. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits uh, uh, of, of neither gloom to be kept, of nether gloom to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, mm-hmm. with seven other persons. Then he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to dis- to extinction and made them an example to those who were to be ungodly, Terry, if this isn't a message for our generation right now, I don't know what is. Yeah, brother because we teach that God is immutable. That's what does that mean? It means he's the same today, that's yesterday, and forever. That's right. He does not change. And so if you're out there and you're living a lifestyle that is opposite of what God has commanded you to live, uh, listen up because uh, God is faithful. And if he judged these people and uh, uh, even angels, uh, uh, your judgment is, uh, is pending. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that like, ooh, you're, you know, because uh, I'm nothing but a, a poor sinner, just like you and just yeah. like anybody else out there. And I say that humbly. And I, you know, and and it's time for all of us to fall on our face and say, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner.
1: Wow, just another big amen to that, Paul. Th- there's so much more here. I want to ask you right on the air yeah. if, when yeah. you come back for the Terry and Jesse show. We didn't get to the Manhattan source funded D.A. Lay's foundation for next crime wave. I want to use this for uh, our show when we come back in an hour. But uh, can we follow up uh, on a little bit more of this chapter two? Because there's still a lot more and we got maybe eight or eight more minutes to do this. And so uh, you you lead with this because I like what you're having to say on this. OK.
2: And if he rescued righteous lot greatly distressed by the licentiousness of the wicked. Mm-hmm. For by what that righteous man saw and heard as he lived among them, he was vexed in his righteous soul day after day with their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and to keep the unrighteous under under punishment until the day of judgment. You see, this is the, the reaction, Terry, that we all have. Um, uh, we, we should be vexed in our soul because of all the ungodliness around us. Yeah. Uh, abortion should cause us to be vexed, uh, you know, when we understand that the innocents are being slaughtered yeah. by the millions. Uh, and, yeah. and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority bold and willful they are not afraid to revile the glorious ones Mm -hmm. whereas angels though greater in might and power do not pronounce a reviling judgment upon them before the lord but these like irrational animals creatures of instinct born to be caught and killed reviling in matters of which they are ignorant will be destroyed in the same destruction with them suffering wrong for their wrongdoing They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are are blots and blemishes reveling in their dissipation, carousing with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. Mm -hmm. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children, Mm -hmm. forsaking the way they they have gone astray. And they have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A dumb ass (laughs) spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the nether gloom of darkness has been reserved. Wow, yeah, Terry!
1: Powerful stuff there, Paul.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it is very powerful. Um, These waterless springs and mist driven by a storm for them. Okay, okay, for them the nether, the gloom of darkness has been reserved for uttering loud boasts of folly. They entice with righteousness passions of the flesh men who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption for whatever overcomes man to that. He is enslaved. Terry, that's powerful right there. For whatever
1: overstatement, because that is, that's the, that's the value right there. Go ahead.
2: For whatever overcomes a man Mm -hmm. to that he is enslaved. There you go. Okay. So this is why we have to, um, uh, you know, put to death the deeds of the flesh, Terry, because if we allow these things to gain the upper hand, if we allow them to character, uh, characterize our life, uh, we are we become slaves. We Absolutely. become the opposite of what Jesus did for us. Jesus came to to set us free and to uh, like you said earlier our, As Christians, Terry, we are called to emulate Christ. We are members of his mystical body to go out and to extend his ministry in this dying world, uh, to pick up our own cross and to follow him. That is the the, the meat and potatoes of the gospel.
1: You know, I want to finish this this, uh, chapter, and man, it's right at the end. For if after they have escaped the defilement of this world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overpowered. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Wow. I know that's powerful. Yeah. For if it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandments delivered to them. Wow. That's powerful
2: again. Yeah, yeah.
1: If it has happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog turns its back to its own vomit, and the, so it's washed only to wallow in the mire.
2: Yeah, he he returns back to his vomit. Yeah, yeah and we've all seen that a dog uh, yeah, vomit all the time. and then he runs yep. back and he course. and he starts eating it. Yep. You know, yep. uh, nothing could no words could be more true, Terry, and no more. Uh, you know, uh, um, God is 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 basically warning us that listen, it's possible to embrace the truth. It's possible to, to to walk for a while, but we have to keep our eye on that prize, Terry. We have to run to finish the race. We, we, we need to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, faithfulness, Terry, means, uh, you know, uh, continuing on until the end. This scripture
1: verse here, Paul, makes it very clear that not everybody goes to heaven. Okay? Amen, and for all the
2: universalists this, out there. <laughs>
1: exactly. This is what I would encourage them to read because we're getting a false teaching right now, even yes. inside the church, that yes. says, ah, oh, just be a good person. You know, God, he doesn't, you know, mercy, he's so merciful, he'll forgive you for anything and don't worry yep. about how you act. And that's uh, an error. That's a heresy, okay? Yes. The Bible does not support that position. And I think what you've done, Paul, is you've demonstrated with Second Peter, uh, the reality of the soul. Yes. And that the soul can lose itself by, and you know, B- Bishop Sheen says, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. It's free will. Yes. No. So yes. I encourage everybody listening, yeah, to get the confession, live in the state of grace, yes. and say yes to Jesus.
2: Yeah, I beg you by the mercy of God to take that advice because... All of us, Terry, all of us would do well to listen to what God is saying today. What the Holy Spirit said through Peter is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. Yeah,
1: there's no expiration date on this Bible, folks, as Jesse always says. (laughs) Up next, we got Gary Machuda on practical apologetics. And then after that, Paul Clegg will come back. On the Terry and Jesse show you're right. You like his exegesis? I do too But we're going to talk about a lot of topics That I think you're going to find most interesting So right now, stay in tune Gary Machuda, Practical Apologetics Will be up, followed by The Terry and Jesse show Jesse will be back tomorrow He's doing all kinds of apostolic work I can't stop that man, I don't want to <laughs> Keep him going I want to thank you for joining us here On Jesus 911 Tell your friends about the show Get the word out May God richly bless you and your family. God bless you.